Welcome back to the Blog Boy Roundtable presented by the Bay Area Examiner. And this week, I am thankful to be joined by Robert Steak, Nathan Bach of the Bay Area Examiner, and Nick Simon of DraftKings Network. Well, we had a pretty good week last week. A, uh, nobody had a losing week. Nathan and I, Nathan, Nick, and I went two and two. Vito and Steve both went three and one. We've got a pretty tight race here for the cup or whatever we're giving out. <laughs> it's, uh, and you know, the, I think the one thing we can all agree on is that uh, Lance Leipold is uh, pretty good. Pretty good, pretty good country. Or the third straight quarterback probably should have won the game. It's yeah. From what didn't the account, didn't count. I did not account for the, the Lance Leipold of it all. Uh, you know, you hear third string quarterback. Uh, eh, you know, there's there's blood in the water, and it did not turn out to be uh, the case. Yeah, when it certainly seems like uh, he was like a freshman walk on, is what I read somewhere. I was like, oh, perfect. Kansas State defense coming to town didn't matter. Most so. underrated coach in America. Like he's 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 done like an amazing job at Kansas. I mean, of course, like you know, it sucks that this is the second year in a row that they've had quarterback injury problems. But man, he he's done like what he's done. Just simply getting Kansas to back to back bowl games or whatever. Just that's yeoman's work. Yeah, he's been. Awesome, and that game was unbelievable. I thought they were going to get waxed, um, and they, like I said, they probably should have won. Um, and then this is something we forgot to include when we recorded Collins' sports betting explainer. Sometimes when it looks too easy, it is too easy. Georgia was a 10.5-point favorite. How did that happen? Like <laughs> That was a beatdown, basically from the second drive of the game. on Tennessee scored early, but like, they had nothing for Georgia. And I can't believe they're still in the top 25. Unfortunately, it seems like uh, Joe Milton is not that guy. <laughs> He's, he, he is not. And, I, you know, I think there were some people who say, hey, why, why don't you put Nico out there? Pump the brakes on Nico against Georgia. Like, let Joe Milton go to, <laughs> go to the dogs. <laughs> Good luck. You, uh, you can bust Nico out against Vanderbilt. Yeah, um, Vanderbilt, let him play in the bowl game and get loose and, yeah, yeah. it's being the guy in between the guys. But yeah. it is what it is. Yeah, and George's offense looks pretty lathered up for the stretch run here, so that's not fun for anybody. And then, Stieg, for the first time in your life, Beaver let you down. The Beaver Oregon State. Oregon State couldn't pull it out at home against Washington. Um. But it was it was kind of exactly what we thought. It was a pretty tight game and came down to the wire. You know, I wasn't uh I, I looked at the forecast and saw it was it was gonna be nice and wet. And then uh I forgot that Pacific Northwest nice and wet is like torrential <laughs> downpour for <laughs> like twenty seven inches of rain uh just coming down. I tuned into the game about midway through and I, I heard about the rain and my, my television wasn't picking it up. And then they showed another angle and I was like, oh my God, it is like deathly pouring there, like absolutely miserably cold. And I mean, they kept on talking about uh, Michael Penix's hands for about mm, 
13 minutes of the second quarter, they're like, he has no problem gripping the fall. He's got, you know, 13 inch hands and I'm sitting here. I'm like, this is, this is too much. We cannot be talking about the, the connects ties at this point of this, this juncture. So Penny says 13 inch hands can handle wet beaver is what we're getting. Oh yeah. That's, that's all I learned. All day long. All right. So off the board, Steve, you, you picked Mississippi state to cover uh, 14 points. They did. They got the old dead cat bounce. Nick, UNLV plus three was a great pick. They are having an unbelievable season this year, aren't they? They're going to host the Mountain West Championship. Yo, yeah, or I think they have the inside track of hosting the Mountain West Championship. Barry Odom, like, to me, he's the – he should be national coach of the year, being able to turn UNLV around that quickly is just, like, that's insane. That is insane. That's an incredible job that he's done this year. Is is uh is Petrino getting hired away and being able to hire uh Renan Marion? Is that like the uh the next version of like the Garth Brooks unanswered prayers song? Like yeah, that's that, a, that seems like a big upgrade. That's an interesting sliding doors thing. Like what if huh? Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Like what if like what if Petrino stays and then who does Jimbo hire? Is Jimbo, does he does he upgrade? Does, I don't know. <laughs> doesn't seem like doesn't seem like that was in the cards. Uh, but yeah, looking at UNLV's schedule, man, they lost by a touchdown at Fresno State and then lost to Michigan, thirty-five-seven. So not like brutal early in the year. So uh, if they were able to beat Fresno, they'd probably be one of the teams in line for that New Year's Six game, which would be, like you said, a wild turnaround. And. Uh, Vito went sicko with Iowa, Illinois under 30 and a half, and it cashed uh, more from one of those teams later, I think. And then Nathan and I both missed. I had Michigan minus 19. I thought I thought it was in hand when Michigan was driving down the field, going into score to go up 20 at halftime. I was like, too easy. Uh, then Carter threw a pick, and the game got a little wild from there. And then Missouri. Really, Florida screwed you twice this week, Nathan. They could have won outright and helped both of us cash our over five and a half win total, or they could have lost in spectacular fashion and at least let you win that Missouri game. But they they basically screwed you two times this week. Yeah, and you know what? Um, that's okay because I actually had money. I had a fourteen parlay on uh, just teams to win, and that cashed for like fourteen bucks. So, um. I was sweating out the last half of that game and uh, wow. the chaotic of that last second. I was very worried, but shout out. Uh, what was it? I, what's the backup's name? Max Brown. Yeah. Looked great. After that fumble looked fantastic. Very mobile. Yeah. We'll get into what he may be able to do this week, but uh, man, that was impressive. Yeah. Not a lot of panic besides fumbling uh, a play action fake, but. <laughs> at least it didn't cost him the game. All right, let's we'll move on to this week. Um, you got Oregon State at Oregon is where we're going to open. We talked about Oregon State a little bit last week. Oregon is currently a 13.5-point favorite at home. The total is at 62. Um, we've got three great rivalry games here, um, like ones that are classics every year. Even though I did see I – did, I did read that Oregon State-Oregon had finished in a scoreless tie five times previously. <laughs> I saw a video from one of them today where there's like 12 fumbles. Uh, that was back in the day. Uh, but 
you know, this should be a really good game, you think? But Oregon's been playing so well, they're a 13.5-point favorite. Nick, what are you thinking on this one? Yeah, I'm staying away from the line. I'm going to go with the over for this one because this should just be just a straight-up fun game to watch. You know, Oregon's been a death machine uh, a lot of parts of the year. You know, Bo Nix, you know, I think the Heisman is coming down between Bo Nix and uh, Jaden Daniels at this point, and he, he threw six touchdowns last week. And that's not even his first six touchdown game of the season. He's been incredible. Oregon has been incredible. You know, like we just mentioned, it was a tough break for Oregon State. They had the ball late. They had a chance to pull ahead and just couldn't 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 seal the deal there. But um, with this game in particular, two fun offenses, two two offenses that have like a really fun uh, quarterback running back dynamic. You know. You know, everyone talks about Bo Nix, but Bucky Irving for Oregon has also been that dude. He's been incredible. And then on the flip side with Oregon State, you know, DJ Uyunglele, you know, he's had a pretty he's had a pretty good uh, bounce back season, you know, like thriving in a new environment in Oregon State. And then Damian Martinez leads the Pac-12 in rushing. He's been fantastic. Like some of the runs that he was uh, breaking off against Washington were incredible. So again, this should be a, a fun game. And like I said, I have the over going here. Yeah, you, you've got two really good offenses based on kind of every metric. Um, Nathan, where were you leaning in this one? Um, so, you know, Oregon State had a chance to to do the thing everybody wanted them to do last week. Uh, last FU out the door to Washington couldn't get the job done, but they're still really good. They're still really talented. I love this Oregon team, but I'm going to ride with the Beavers here just out of just sheer spite for being left out in the cold. Uh, That's, that's really the only analysis I have. It's just like, this is just a spite. I don't even think they win the game, but I think they can cover 13 and a half. That's a lot of points. Um, and Oregon State's still pretty good. I mean, they're they're a very well-coached team, and they, they've got a talented quarterback. They can they can cover that, but just out of sheer spite. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. I, I'm going to go with Oregon State as well. Really well-coached team, physical team. Um, maybe keep it close, running the ball. Now, I, I think this is one that if you do see Oregon cover, it's kind of like, oh, they're like for real, for real. Because this is a good Oregon State team. If you go in, even with a game at home, beat a rival by two touchdowns or more, I mean, this is a legit. I think we already feel like they're a pretty good team, but this kind of puts them as being one of the best. Stieg, last pick on the game. What? Which way are you leaning here? I'm uh, I'm leaning for the Ducks. Um, I don't know. They're right now man like it, it that washington game aside it, it just seems like dan landing is is able to convey the proper message to this team to block out the noise block out what's going on obviously big rivalry game weeks you typically have to throw out every preconceived notion that you have coming into that game but and they just they're rolling right now like georgia and uh oregon are just two teams are just on a tear right now and that's terrifying to to think about and another kind of like high profile offense meets just unstoppable force defense in a college football playoff but that's what i think is it's kind of gearing towards right now um 
I mean, Bo Nix is is Nix right now. Like this is the Bo Nix that we thought we would see at Auburn, and now he's just performing at a whole new level with a whole just supporting cast around him. That's just they're having fun. I think that's the big difference is that they're having fun. Like Oregon State, like Oregon State's playing with like a chip on the floor and everything. Totally get the 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 rivalry and totally get you know the departure and the spite and everything like that. But like Oregon's having fun, and when Oregon having fun. They kill teams, and that's scary <laughs> to think about. Yeah, and what's interesting is you go back and look like the last 10 years. Now, obviously, Jonathan Smith's done a really good job at Oregon State, and they're a lot better than they were kind of in the first half of those 10 years. But if you look at the last 10 years, Oregon covers 14 half the time. Um, so that's a little scary, but you know, as of recently, you know, the last three – uh, 2020, Oregon State, 4138. Uh, last time it was in Eugene, it was 3829, Oregon. Then last year, obviously, Oregon State, 13834. So last three have been close-ish or inside this number. So, um, but yeah, it, I think this is one where if you see Oregon go out and cover, you're just got to be really impressed and think that they've got a chance to kind of make some noise in the playoff. Actually, um, speaking of the playoff, we've got you know. Teams, a couple teams that were both in it last year, and basically winners probably in because they got to play Iowa, I think, in the championship. So, barring uh, an unfortunate uh, circumstances, we've got Ohio State at Michigan. Michigan is a three and a half point favorite. The total is 46 and a half. Uh, I'm going to just ride with Michigan. They're the home team. I. I don't feel great about it. I would feel a lot better about it if uh, their head coach was on the sideline. Last couple of weeks have been a little bit weird, but the game before Ohio State is uh, kind of on both sides. The game before this one is, you know, typically a letdown. I thought the craziness going around would would not be. I fell into that trap last week. But Penn State, that game never felt like they were in danger at all. And Ohio State, Penn State was pretty competitive. Um, at Ohio State. So um, I'm going to go with Michigan. I think they're the better team, but like it really comes down to, you know, have they just been beaten up on a really soft schedule? Steve, what do you think on this one? I think they've been beating up on a soft schedule. <laughs> it's quite um, possible. It's it's really hard to say just because I, I think their defense, Penn State's offense is so bad, you can't really tell a ton from that game, right? Right. Yeah. And um, I mean, this this isn't, again, rivalry week, throw out all the preconceived notions. These games are just one-offs at this point, really. And I, I don't know. I just, part of me just feels like the distractions are going to come into play a little bit for Michigan. Um, it, it just kind of feels like a game where they might lose sight for a second. And the second that they lose sight, that's when I think Ohio State can, can maximize uh the the bitterness that they uh they they so uh hold true for the uh the old maize and blues so uh i take off state here um i think marvin harrison jr is uh gonna have a game here uh there's always one guy in one of these games that just takes it over i think it's gonna be him uh have fun let's go nick um do you think marvin harrison has an extremely outside shot of the Heisman 
if he goes insane in this game or is it totally out? Do you think? Yeah, unfortunately, like the Heisman has just become like the best quarterback on a national championship winning team award. He'll go to he'll go to New. He's definitely going to New York for the ceremony, like no doubt. But I don't I don't think like unless he has like a three hundred receiving yard game here, like and and in the Big Ten championship next week, or I don't think he um, I don't think he actually wins the Heisman. Um, man, this game it's a it's it's tough it's tough picking this game man like uh man it's an irresistible force movable object sort of deal how much does hardball being out change your mind would that have swayed it anyways or do you think think it's just tough i don't think i don't think that like it's gonna really affect because they're at home and again they're already in like super us versus the world mode and and they're going to be ju- and they're I mean they were already going to be juiced up. I mean it's the game, but like the last couple of weeks, this is like a circle of the wagons moment. Man, I have Ohio State covering, but I have Michigan winning. I think it's going to be like a really like razor thin type like one point type of ball game here because you just have you know you have two decent like decent quarterbacks who are both capable of making like throws when it matters, like when they absolutely need a play, like both JJ McCarthy and Kyle McCord can get you that play. You know, Michigan has Blake Corum, incredible, insane running back. Obviously uh, Ohio state, Marvin Harrison, Jr. Travion Henderson who's healthy now. And he just ripped up um, Minnesota for like 150 yards on Saturday. Both incredible defenses. Like, man, again, like I, I, I'm just gonna default and say Ohio State covers. Michigan wins. We get like a game that comes down to literally the final drive and whether or not a team can get a stop. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be a sight to watch. This is also a game that Ryan Day absolutely needs to win. He absolutely needs to win, or they're going to, or Ohio State fans are gonna storm that. Uh, storm those uh, football facilities in Columbus as he loses a third straight game to Michigan. Yeah, he loses this one. I think Ryan Day, head coach of Florida, becomes a reality in a couple in a couple years, possibly. Uh, Nathan, where are you going? I, in my mind, when I watched that Ohio State Penn State game a few like a month back, I'm like, oh, okay, Michigan's beaten both these teams, and I've basically just stuck with that. Uh, what are your thoughts here? It's it seems like it's going to be a great game. Yeah, um, I think I think it'll be good. I think it like the Ohio State Penn State game, right? It's Penn State and that basically Penn State against Ohio State and Michigan was you got to prove it to me before I'll, I'll actually trust you. And for Ryan Day at this point, it's you. You know what? If I get burned by this pick, so be it. But you got to prove to me that you are competent enough to beat this very talented Michigan team, even without their head coach. Um, it's still a very, very talented team and the coaching staff, uh, you know, it's, it's clear. It's not their first rodeo without their head coach this season already. So it's kind of old hat at this point um, to Michigan minus three and a half all day. What old Michigan coach is Ryan day calling out after this game, Rich Rod, Lloyd Carr, Brady Hoke, probably oh, Lloyd Carr, right? Yeah, probably. That's the Lou Holtz. Uh, pretty, pretty similar. Uh, oh, did, did Bo coach there? Yeah, but he's dead, so it might be tough, tougher to call him out. 
I mean, so is Lou Holtz, basically. So, oh, yeah, he's still talking. So, well, I but, guess he yeah. can never kill the devil. So, where's that? <laughs> All right, so we've got Florida State, the number four team in the country, I believe. Still, obviously, uh, terrible injury to their starting quarterback. Um, or else this thing's probably closer to two touchdowns. Florida State is a six and a half point favorite on the road at Florida. The total is at 50. Um, we got, you know, Florida probably thought that they might have been catching a break and then their quarterback goes and gets hurt in, in the game. And now we've got the backup bowl at Ben Hill Griffin Stadium. So, Stieg, where are you going in the backup bowl? Oh, man, all the really all the air out of this game got pretty much deflated out. Uh, with two backups playing against each other. I feel like both teams are just going to ride the excuse train, uh, you know, straight to, to cash town on this one with, you know, our backup was playing kind of thing, um, which makes this game a lot more difficult to pick because you're basically just, you know, roll the dice at this. Like it, either team, either backup quarterback is susceptible to make just a litany of errors. Uh, Tay obviously has a little bit more time experience under his belt. Uh, Max Brown, I think, is a true or is a redshirt sophomore. freshman. Yeah, he's, he's a, a sophomore. Second year, second he's been, year on campus, a redshirt freshman. Yeah, so still a young guy. And, and I watched the uh, the Florida State game after uh, Jordan Travis went down. And, and Tate, I mean, they were rallying behind him, but Tate didn't look like he had a good control of the offense. Obviously, it's a completely different offense when you go from Jordan Travis's elusiveness to Tate, who can kind of be a little bit more uh, hesitant to run the ball. Uh, former USF commit was really looking to, uh, you know, air it out uh, in the running gun. <laughs> Shout out to that. Uh, so I'm going to take Florida here. Um, upset Central, they would love nothing more to uh, spoil their uh, rivals' cultural playoff hopes, um, which I think would happen anyways, to be frank. But, um, yeah, I'll take the Gators here begrudgingly. I hate this. It's like picking, like, it's like picking, getting your tooth pulled and getting a toenail removed at this point. Mm. Yeah, this is an interesting game in terms of uh, motivation, I think. First of all, Florida has to get this game to make a... Now, they might be able to make it on APR, but that's not... If you're Billy Napier, you do not want to be making a bowl game just because you're graduating a lot of people, right? Uh, So, important for that, for Florida. Um, And then on the other side of it, for Florida State, do we think that is like a dream crusher? Or is that something that you you can rally behind? Because you were probably going to be a pretty big underdog if you made the playoffs anyways. Now without Travis, you, it feels really tough to do any to kind of compete if you get there. Um, do you guys think this is going to be kind of a, a thing to rally behind or maybe like a dream crusher? It Listen, feels like a dream I, crusher. Yeah, I have rallied behind this Florida State team like they have been my pick all season long Jordan Travis is my dark horse Heisman candidate prior to the season um you lose your starting quarterback in that fashion a guy who literally did everything for you and like Graham Mercer <laughs> great he competent enough to you know, move the ball, but like Jordan Travis is a star in college football. It's, it's tough to come back from, from this sort of injury. Um, and Tay Rodemakers is just, 
I think the lights are going to be a little too bright for him at Ben Hill Griffin Stadium, man. Um, oh, it sucks. It sucks that I'm doing this, but I'm with Steve. Plus six and a half. I, I feel gross. I feel disgusting. This is a terrible Florida team that I'm hitching my I was wagon say, to. If it's any consolation, Florida's terrible on defense. So Right, and that's – that's what Florida State's hope, and they can still run the ball, and you still have really talented wide receivers. You know, you can, you know, if Tommy DeVito can throw three touchdowns in an NFL game while getting sacked nine times, why can't Tate Rodemaker throw a few tutties against a really bad Gators defense? That is true. Here's my other question, and anybody chime in here, right? What is Florida State kind of known for in roster construction right now? They're they're really good at what? Not having depth at quarterback. Tra- transfer portal, right? <laughs> oh, right. The king yeah. of the transfer portal. Do these players care about this game as much as past teams? Like, does Keon Coleman oh, yeah. care about Florida, Florida State? He's from Louisiana. <laughs> I mean, they they probably yeah. know it's a big game. It's and ingrained. Probably, you think yeah. you think it's far? I mean, they do have coaches on staff that played there. I'm sure there's no like. I'm sure Odo Hagens is not like. We love him. I don't think he's you're allowed to say Gatorade or, or anything like that in, in his presence. So Yeah, um, they definitely instill the hate still, but it's like I just, that's kind of right. I guess a question for kind of all of these where where you're seeing so many guys transfer kind of in the middle of their career. Like is there is some of the hate out? I would guess probably not. But it's it's a, it's a sort of I think Steve just said it like it's a sort of deal where where once you get into the program you you'll gradually pick up on you know the different cues and like you'll have former players come in and coaching staff like telling stories about this game and it's like okay yeah I can get juiced I can get juiced up for this even though I'm not from the state of Florida so yeah I don't think they'll have a problem getting up for this game it's like a you know like a reality tv show that your like your wife's watched like four seasons and you jump in like season five and she's like all right we hate this person and this person you're like all right whatever then like six episodes in you're like i hate them too so i think that's kind of where we're at okay um just in terms of motivation i think florida really needs this so i'm gonna take florida and really because it's at home and you're almost getting a touchdown. Uh, I could very well see Florida State just rolling them, though. It's um, it's in the cards there. I, I, I would I would not be shocked, uh, but I also wouldn't be shocked if Florida won outright. It's kind of a with Travis going down. I think the variance just became super wide because I don't know, I don't know how good Florida State's defense is. I heard Bud Elliott say today they played like four or five backup quarterbacks in a row. So. I don't know. Florida ran the ball on them pretty well last year, and they're starting to run the ball a little bit better this year. So we'll see. That might be their plan, run the ball, shrink the game a little bit. But who knows? Nick, where are you going in this one? This oh, used to be – I do want to say, this is a great aesthetic game. Florida, Florida State, just the look of it. I really – the look of it you enjoy. The Florida State's helmets against Florida's helmets. Screams 90s to me. Yeah, it's a great it's a great uh, helmet on helmet uniform on uniform matchup. Um, you have little faith. I have Florida State easy. I have Florida State rolling here. I think like, it's very like, well. This Florida team, this Florida team is ass. This like this team is going to miss a bowl game for a reason, and I don't care if Jordan Travis isn't playing in this game. Like Rodemaker, of course, is former USF 
uh, commit, Tate Rodemaker. Um, obviously, isn't as talented as Jordan Travis, but he looked fine against North Alabama. He, again, touched on it before. He's This is, what, his third year at Florida State? So At least. At least, at least his third year at Florida Maybe State. Maybe four. So, yeah. So kind of so he's still somewhat of a veteran presence, even though he hasn't played as much as Travis. He's been seeing behind. But uh yeah, man, one team has Keon Coleman and Johnny Wilson and Trey Bitts, and the other team doesn't. The other team is spiraling spiraling. Okay. Like Billy Napier is not gonna get fired this year, but like things are not great in Gainesville with that roster right now. Hey, they uh, Nick, they just pushed the number nine team in the country on the road. I don't I mean they're <laughs> this is, they're they're peaking at the right time. They're they've lost uh, four in a row, actually. So uh yeah. it, it this is I, I think I I do think that is a Florida State just beatdown is possible. I think it's I think it's in the courts, but I just think Florida needs it so bad that Maybe they put together their best game and it's at home, but I, I I do think your side is probably. I think it's very likely that you could see like a 15, 20 point win from Florida State. So, especially if their defense is as good as the numbers say, that's what the kind of big question is. So, all right, we're going off the board, and so you know what, I'm I'm a positive guy. I don't like to be negative, like Vito who who couldn't make it tonight. But last week Vito took under 30 and a half in Iowa, Illinois. I don't I'm I'm about positivity. I'm actually gonna take Iowa, Nebraska over 26 and a half. Um it's at Nebraska. I almost picked Nebraska to win outright, but Iowa's got some kind of voodoo magic where they just win every Big Ten West game somehow. Uh but Nebraska, what do they like to do? They like to turn the ball over a lot. So maybe you get some short fields, at least more points. So give me the over <laughs> Iowa Nebraska. <laughs> Ooh, that doesn't feel great. All right, Nathan, where do you want to go here off the board? All right, so I've got one, and then I have one adjacent to this game as well. Um, Navy at SMU, the line is minus 20 and a half. Um, I think SMU is really talented. I think Navy is not talented at all. Uh, so, therefore, I am picking SMU minus 20 and a half. That's a big line. It's, it's a very big line for these two teams. Um, and I'm a little scared about it. But I think this SMU team is really fun, and their offense is fun. And Navy is just bad. Full stop. I think Navy, what, under, I think under four and a half, under five and a half, I think was the, the line at the start of the year. Cash. I'm pretty sure that's going to cash. Um, but for all of you other degenerates who don't like the spread, the over under is 47 and a half. For, excuse me, 45 and a half. Um, these games get pointsy and they get pointsy as hell between these two teams. Last year, 40 to 34. I'm just going to like read some off to show, to illustrate how pointsy these games get. 40 to 34, 31, 24, 51, 37, 35, 28, 31, 30, 43, 40, 75, 31, 55, 14, 
And then 2011 was the last time that game was under 41 points at a 24-17 uh, uh, outcome for Navy. Uh, it's the juxtaposition of two different offenses. Navy has to speed up to kind of keep keep up, and it gets pointsy. So that's also uh, an alternate line, uh, you could say, picking the over. I'm actually, uh, when we're done here, I am actually going to bet the over. Well, look at that. All right. Nick, off the board, where are you going? Hold on, make sure I have this one right. Double check. Okay. I'm going to go Boston College plus eight and a half against Miami. Just the principal fade mark, (laughs) Cristobal. Shout out to Boston College. It was looking dicey for Jeff Halfley at the beginning of the year. Bowl eligible, Boston College now. yeah, I just don't trust the Miami team at all. Like, I haven't since that Georgia Tech Ooh. game talked about it. We called it. Um, we talked about it. We called it. Like, that That uh, game was going to tank their season. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, I think Boston College at least makes this one close. Oh, I just looked at this. Boston Co- At Boston College, at noon, on Friday. It's gross. <laughs> Just absolutely gross. Ed Reed is not there to save you. <laughs> All right. Steve, you're off the board. Pick and maybe throw a couple rapid fire uh, other uh, rivalry games at you guys, but not for the records. Uh, Steve, where do you like to go off the board here? I, uh, I'm going to stick in the Pac-12 uh, with this one. <clears throat> and I, I'm going to give my justification on it. Um, Utah, Colorado currently has Utah favored by 21 and a half. And uh, I feel like that's not enough. <laughs> I, like really honest, honestly, and truthfully, I, I think because of how, and I, I'll say it because of the way that Deion Sanders came out the first three games of the year and all the preseason and everything talking about that, just put the biggest target on his back. And you can see it week in week out whenever Colorado plays anyone. I mean, they're getting everyone's best shot, and it's a four and seven football team. Like, you know, it's unfortunate because it all culminated into uh, Shadur Sanders getting injured and just a very porous game against Washington State, who's also very bad. <laughs> like, they're like Washington State's offense is at least a little more potent than I think Utah's, but. I just think because this uh, Colorado offense is just stagnant. I mean, it is it is crawling. Shadur Sanders day to day. I don't think they're going to risk it. Frankly, I, I think they're going to shut him down and and just you know new offensive line coming in next year. I mean, when he went out, the offense just looked so much worse than I thought it could ever look. And so I, I think this is also going to be a game where Utah's like, hey, you know, talk get hit. Uh, I'm not going to curse. I'm not going to curse anymore on Seth's show. Um, you know, talk crap, get hit here, buddy. Like For they're the going to run up the score on this. Utah needs a big win. They've been getting their butts handed to them the last two weeks. They're looking for a get right game. Hey, you got a really down that likes to talk coming into uh, the Valley. So here's a chance. Give me a, give me Utah by like 40 at this rate. See? I love it. I'm very upset I did not see that. I think that's an excellent pick. 
I love right, whenever I see a, a game that has just like an absurd spread, and I'm like, give me the, <laughs> give me one to if, getting a blown out. If <laughs> the guy that was playing quarterback at the end of that Washington State game is playing for Colorado, they're not oh, scoring. So no, can you score four touchdowns? I think they can. I like it a lot, Steve. All right, a couple. We'll, we'll look at a, a few other rivalries that are, are, are another couple interesting games. I'm just gonna throw them at you guys real quick. Um, tell me what you think. Uh, Ole Miss on the road at Mississippi State. Ole Miss is an 11 point favorite. What do we think is going to happen in the Egg Bowl? Is Ole Miss going to win by double digits or is it going to be crazy? Double digits. What do you think, Nick? Is it going to be weird Egg Bowl stuff or is Mississippi State just cooked? Yeah, I think Mississippi State is going to call it like this is Egg Bowl is usually wacky and I, I don't think it's going to be this year. I think this year is chalky. Ole Miss just has more talent and they're more dialed in. Yeah, I, I, I think uh, I kind of lean that way. Steve, any, any lean in the Egg Bowl? No, What's your favorite Egg Bowl moment? The guy, <laughs> favorite Egg Bowl moment? The guy, the guy, uh, the guy peeing like a dog. I mean, it has to be the guy peeing. Like that's just that is just classic comedy. Uh, just uh, fake pissing on on the turf and then uh, missing the extra point. Like <laughs> you couldn't write something better than that. Um, Flip uh, flip a coin. Uh, that's who I pick in this game. I mean, like, yeah, I got nothing. Another coin flip game. You got UTSA at Tulane. Winner probably plays SMU for the conference championship. Um, Tulane's obviously the fitting champ. Does UTSA have a chance to go in there and win this thing? They're three point eight right so. now, but it's at Tulane. Yeah, Tulane's been I, kind of screwing around all year, like. Yeah, they, they're not beating teams. Like they're good. Don't get me wrong, and they're they're winning games, which is the most part. But like they're not like they're they're definitely the team that won the conference championship the year after in the American Athletic Conference. They have every single time they they win, but they're not winning convincingly. So um, I, I'm picking UTSA here. Frank Harris. I mean, saw a pan uh, for. Uh, firsthand and up close uh, up against a really bad defense and you know he was able to command it how he wanted to so what do you got what do you nick and nate what do you guys think you think uh tulane just kind of keeps riding out or it will kind of they're kind of play this year come back to bite them <sighs> i'm gonna ride with michael pratt and i don't feel great about it like these are two very talented quarterbacks going up against each other i think i trust Tulane's defense a little bit more than UTSA's. So, yeah, yeah that- I'm the same way. I'm uh, defaulting to Tulane just at home. Like they, like I said, they've been uh, kind of screwing around. But you know, these final, well, the final week of the regular season and, and presumably the AAC championship game. I think, um, I think Fritz will have his guys like dialed in for these two specific games to really, to really play their best. All right, two more. Kentucky is a seven-point underdog at Louisville. Louisville win this game. They'll probably be a top-10 team going into the ACC championship game. Uh, Kentucky's looked pretty bad, and they're, they're kind of one that, you know, we, we said earlier in the year that that Florida win was a little uh, over <laughs> overhyped. They have not been very good since then. What do you guys got here? you think Louisville just runs away with it? Uh, yeah, I think Louisville uh, covers here. Yeah, this has been one of the, I mean, yeah, like during the Mark Stoops era, this is probably like one of his weaker teams since he's like really gotten Kentucky to a, like a consistent eight, nine win tier. Like this is definitely like a step down. Um, 
Louisville, Louisville's been rolling with Je- uh, Jeff Brom. Je- Jack Plummer's been great. Yeah, I have the car- – plus this game is in Louisville. So, yeah, I have him covering here. Yeah, and I, I think Brom, Brom being a, an alum, like if he treats these things like uh, George's alum coach, Kirby treats every rivalry game, uh, they'll probably try to lay it on. Stieg, Nathan, what do you, do you think? Louisville just tries to lay it on and – uh, get ready for Florida State, or what do you think? I realize uh, Kentucky's won the last four matchups in this. Kentucky it's a weird bullied him a little bit, but Louisville seems a little tougher this year. Louisville yeah. has like an actual coach now, so that that's that probably help. Yeah. That helps them a lot. Yeah, you're right. I didn't even think about you know. <laughs> Nathan's dead. Uh, <laughs> I, he was so floored by Louisville having a coach. Uh, yeah, I mean Louisville. Uh, no need to beat around the bottom. This one, I mean, Kentucky's just not playing as good right now this year. Um, in the last game, we talk about weird games. We talk about rivalry games. We'll talk about the USF game uh, on Pod by the Bay and other areas. But the Iron Bowl, <laughs> Auburn uh, lost at home to the Fighting Jerry Kills in New Mexico State and Diego Pavia last week. Were they saving up their points in defense for this Alabama game, or is it just going to be an absolute beatdown? Is it going to get weird like it always seems to do in Jordan Hare? No. Uh, Hugh Freeze is a fraud. Hugh Freeze is a fraudster. Like, like Auburn Jesus isn't going to save this Auburn team with freaking Peyton Thorne as the quarterback. No. Like, the only question is – how, when does Nick Saban decide to call off the dogs here? Like that? No, it's it's Alabama. Yeah, I think I don't. I don't. I mean, I guess you're if you're if you're buying really low on Auburn, this would be the week. But man, like, I don't think so. Nathan, Steve, any they thoughts on the Iron Bowl? <laughs> it seems it seems like it, right? Like it happens every now and then. Alabama just goes um, in there and rolls them. Steve, Auburn just, has any uh, chance. Just for just gonna throw this out there. Uh the largest victory in uh Iron Bowl history. Uh Alabama won fifty five nothing in nineteen forty eight. You know. Something will Nick, will Nick go for the record on his possible way out there? I mean, all he has to do at that point is just kick an extra point if he can get there. No, he might so, go for it. So, all right, that's another week of the Blog Boy Roundtable. If you like our picks, if you don't like them, leave a comment, leave a like, subscribe. We'll be back next week. I guess to talk conference championship games. They kind of finally start putting together the playoff puzzle. Uh, but until then, thank you for watching. 